Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Well, we talked to our buddy Joe Ovius, 99.9 The Fan Weekdays. The OG, he's back with us on the Technicom Hotline. Joe Ovius, how are you, buddy? What up, Kyle? I'm a little depressed about the Carolina Hurricanes, but somehow, someway, we will persevere. Dude, what happened last night? A 2-0 lead going into the final period, and then, what, chaos? You remember, you played Mike Tyson's punch-out back in the day, right? Yeah. You and I are on the same age. Yeah. All right. So, you remember the, uh, remember the first guy you play, Glass Joe? Yeah. Yeah, that was the Canes last night. <laughs> um, I mean, that, I mean but that, that, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. The thing about the Carolina Hurricanes, they know this, we know this. They're not as good as the Boston Bruins, okay? There's a reason why the Bruins were the best team throughout the regular season and the Carolina Hurricanes were on that bubble to make the playoffs in the first place. They deserve to be there, don't get me wrong, but there's a line of demarcation in terms of talent level between what the Boston Bruins are and the Carolina Hurricanes. Maybe the Canes will get there with Rod Brindamore over time. they got a lot of young talent like Sebastian Ajo. Andre Sveshnikov has that ankle injury. I'm sorry, he's unfit to play. Mm. You know, he's got a boot on his foot. Um, they can get there over time, but they're just not at that point. That doesn't mean they can't win a series, though. And I think, Kyle, the thing that bugged me last night was they were doing the things that the Canes were good at, puck possession, being opportunistic, Marty Natchez whiffed on a on a goal that would have made it three nothing, and I think that would have been the the icing on the cake, and we would have been talking about an even series going into Wednesday's four o'clock faceoff. But the minute James Reimer made a mistake, you could just tell they were like, "Man, oh no, here it comes!" And the Bruins took advantage of it, and that was a wrap. Four goals in six minutes, dude. That is a sign to me that they were just glass jawed. And this series is a wrap. Uh, okay, that, that was my follow-up. So you think this thing's cooked. It's over. Oh, it's okay. Now, see, here's the thing. And I, I again, it, you and I both know that we have to be careful about how we talk about the mentality of players. We're not in their position, yep. right? And I'm very, I very much despise when we sit here and we talk about teams quitting and everything else. However, this is a unique situation. And being in a bubble away from your family, no returning home to reset, no home crowd. We saw this play out in the qualifying series with the Rangers. Once they went up 2 nothing in a best of five, the Rangers are like, man, do we want to do this? We got the number one pick potentially. Let's just pack up and go. We almost saw this last night with the Coyotes, too. I mean, they got ripped yesterday afternoon. 
And Rick Tockett, the head coach, openly said, look, in this environment, you might just want to go home. And that's the mentality that I'm worried about with the Carolina Hurricanes going into tomorrow night's matchup. Down 3-1 in any other situation, hey, man, we've seen some wild things happen. But here in the bubble, it wears on you. And I'm not quite sure that the Carolina Hurricanes have that in them to extend the series. I'm with you. Joe Ovius, 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. He's with us on the Technicom Hotline. Speaking of bubbles... Kind of. Uh, I would love Joe Ovius's perspective on what happened in Chapel Hill yesterday because that decision to uh, to reverse course and to go full remote learning took a lot of folks right into a conversation about college football. What do you think? Who could have foreseen a college campus filled <laughs> with teenagers and early 20-something behaving in such a way? I am shocked, Kyle. Hopefully your text line can pick up on the sarcasm on that one. Yeah. Um, look, UNC is not alone. I hate it for UNC because people are going to be – they've had a hell of a last three years, right, with, like, the Silent Sam stuff and, then like, some other business that was going on. So this is just yet another bad headline for them. Uh, but shout-out to the Daily Tar Heel, the student newspaper at North Carolina that called it out for what it was. You knew the risks. You knew what was going to happen. And yet you still insisted that you can get people on campus. Money, baby. It's all about that money. And now that – they were like, oh, my goodness, this is unforeseen. No, no, it was. You just wanted to make sure you could get as much money as you could at the expense of the students, okay? And this is going to play out at other universities throughout the state of North Carolina. What does that mean for sportsmen? Look, your guess is as good as mine. I, I, I would say this, though. If you are one of the holdouts in the audience that tried to act as though the student-athlete experience and the normal student experience was one and the same, and it's, you know, they get – they get tuition. They get everything, yeah. everything else. As we're seeing it play out, it has become crystal clear, if it hasn't for you before, that the student-athletes, specifically the college football players, are actual business partners for a multi-billion-dollar sports entertainment industry that the colleges have been easily taking money from, and the players get nothing from it. And now they desperately need them bubbled on campus. What are we talking about here? Well, right? here's my question about that, because I, I think you raised some good points. And, I, and I've insisted since the beginning of this conversation, and I'll keep saying it, if it's not safe to play football, don't play. At the same time, yeah. I, do, I do wonder if this doesn't create that de facto bubble and if it doesn't make it more conducive to play college football. And if these players want to play, and they mostly desperately do want to play, if they're given the option to opt out and remain on scholarship to do the right thing, but these kids still want to play... I mean, do you let them? Because I'm inclined to believe that uh, the ACC and SEC are going to let them. Well, let me ask. Let me ask this. I mean, we, we, oh man, this is classic sports talk radio. Love it. Just trying to like ask questions. To, yeah, oh my goodness. So this is meta, folks. Here's the thing. So you want to listen to the players? I'm down with that. They want to play. Listen to Justin Fields. Oh, okay, fine. Listen to Trevor Lawrence. Okay, cool. Where where was that energy three months ago? Where where, where when the Pac-12 players talked about what they needed? What ended up happening? We had dopes like, uh, like what's his face? Now I can't remember. They got Doug Gottlieb, who's out here. He had the tweet, but he's like, oh, and all these demands. Like now they want the free stuff. They want they want the Big Ten Network. No, you idiot. The reason why they want the Big Ten Network isn't because they're looking for handouts. It's because the families that aren't able to go to the games if you play in front of no fans, they might have access to the Big Ten Network. They might not be able to afford the Big Ten Network. So sit the conversation out, Doug. And anybody else who buys that kind of crap needs to sit the conversation out. Here's the thing. If you desperately wanted football, look around where they're playing sports. What's the commonality? 
The NBA's plan. Why? Because the NBA and the Players Association worked out an arrangement through a collective bargain agreement to work out in a bubble. Major League Baseball, warts and all, and unwritten rules, Fernando Testis Jr., all that stuff aside, <laughs> they worked it out. Why? Because the players and the owners have bargaining positions, and they can work these arrangements out. So if you desperately wanted college sports, well, you got to act like the players also have an equal stake in this. It shouldn't be completely up to – if you say, oh, it shouldn't just be up to the, to the universities to decide if the players want to play, okay, well, then you need to give the players more than just, oh, you want to play? Cool. You have to give them other things, too. That's when it becomes a business partnership. And some people – I'll just quote Bomani Jones from ESPN – some people just want to keep the players broke. That's the end game. And if that's your end game, Yang and football, straight up. No, it's a good point. And look, I think some of those things they want are more than reasonable. The, the health coverage, you know, the extension of scholarships, like th- those things are more than reasonable. We can debate the 50% revenue split all day. I don't think it's even likely to be, I don't even think it's possible, you know, much less going yeah. to happen. But uh, your point's well taken. What do you think happens? Because I got people asking me this morning, Joe, well, you know, if this happened to Chapel Hill, what's NC State going to do? What's ECU and Duke and Wake going to do? Any thoughts on that? I don't trust any of the numbers. I mean, straight up. Uh, I think uh, it's been a, it's abundantly clear, especially in college sports, that we're more interested in the perception than we are about actually providing transparency. Why do you think the Big Ten is mired in the drama they're in right now? Because their commissioner, Kevin Warren, has decided that he's going to be one voice. Meanwhile, you got the ADs of Penn State and Minnesota talking about how the presidents, they don't even know if they voted. So I don't trust the numbers that are coming out. I think it's unfortunate that these conferences have put doctors in a position where they have to contradict each other instead of working together to come up with a better plan to get the football players out on the field. That's a problem for me. Now, what's going to happen at State? What's going to happen at Duke? What's going to happen at ECU? Hey, man, I think we're all just kind of headed towards the same reality that we saw at UNC. They're going to send students home because what did you do back when you were at Virginia Tech, Kyle? When you were 18 years old, 19 years old. I can't tell you that on the air. Right. <laughs> next, time we actually get, next time we get to have a hospitality and drink free beer on the ACC's dime, well, then we could talk about those things that you did when you were 18 and 19 years old. Same with me at NC State. So people need to sit down when it comes to shaming college students for acting like college students when the adults, yep. the college administrations, the president, the chancellors, should have come up with a better plan than just bringing people back on campus. And on top of that, the people who are shaming college students that are sitting there also being mad about having to wear a mask when they go to the grocery store, they can also sit the conversation out. We're he- None of this is new. We're, this is, we're six months into this, man, and we're still having the same stupid arguments. And now the college at, the college students are the latest ones to be victims of it. And that, that last point's well made, too. Real quick, Joe, i got about 60 seconds. Reese Davis says all conferences should go to a 10-game conference schedule. I'm inclined to agree with him. What do you think? Yeah, give it to me. Get rid of divisions. Especially- oh, no. Did we lose him? Oh, that's the worst. Joe, <laughs> we'll have to let him go on that. Now we'll never know. Well, he did say yes. He, he said yes. He did so he say said, yes, but I wanted yes. to hear the explanation, damn it. I mean, that's 
He agreed with me. And Reese, you, you're you're in line with this too, right? Ten game conference Absolutely. schedule. Absolutely. I yes. just it makes all the sense in the world. I'm so that's over. a true conference champion. You don't have Clemson playing Pitt. You know what I mean? You're the yeah. two best. They, well, not only that, like this, that's one of those things where far be it for me to you know suggest or, or you know try to make the case that I'm that much smarter than John Swafford, you know, or, or conference executives. But I I do think that the these people aren't infallible. I mean, there are things about college football that doesn't make a damn bit of sense, and that's that's always been one of them. You know, when you have the Atlantic and the Coastal Division, you know, and, and for, for, here's another one. What is it? Texas A&M going to South Carolina, I think, for the first time ever. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. How does that happen? I mean, Texas A&M hasn't been in the, in the conference that long, but the first time ever. I mean, you, you've got you've got situations where, you know, with the divisional structure in the ACC, you've got, you know, for instance, Florida State going to Miami once every 12 years. I mean, you've got you've got Virginia Tech going to Death Valley or Clemson going to Blacksburg once every 12 years as it stands right now with one crossover divisional opponent and one rotating divisional opponent. Play more conference games. You've got a broken structure. You want to give people a reason to want to have to be there every single week moving forward in this new climate. That's how you do it. Stop playing the Savannah States. I mean, you, you they've got to stop doing that. It doesn't help anybody. All due respect to the Waffords, the Furmans, the Citadels. They're going to have to make it work on their own. It, it's just going to have to be that way, I think, anyway. And I think Reese Davis is a 1,000% right. That dude's been on point lately. He's been all over it. We'll come back. We'll tell you who balled out. And there was a controversy in baseball last night that is so stupid, it's bewildering. I'll tell you next. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. FNZ.